Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to His instructions in humble obedience. Well, I am delighted to introduce a friend of mine, Richard Brill, usually goes by the name of Dick, uh, nickname. Let me tell you a little about him in just a minute, but first just to say welcome to the uh, podcast, Dick. Uh, So glad you joined me this morning. Thank you. And uh, Dick's a business owner of a flourishing irrigation and heating company here in West Michigan. It's called H2 Oasis. Good name. I'd have to correct you on that. It's not an eating company. It's more of a heating and cooling company. Not not so much cooling, but we do a lot of fireplaces. Okay, fireplaces. All right. Appreciate that clarification. Now, while Dick was raised in a Christian family, he himself says he gradually came to faith in Christ, but he made sure of that reality at a Promise Keepers event in 1997. And since then, he's grown to be a mighty man of God who gives generously of his time, talents, and treasure for the cause of Christ, not just locally, but wherever God calls him. He's a graduate of Calvin College and also seminary and is a licensed, or has been at least, a licensed CPA. He and his wife, Sandra, have been married for over 56 years. Together, they have four biological children and three adopted kids. They also now have 14 grandkids and four great-grandchildren, but to top it off, they've also fostered over 90 other children. That is amazing. So again, Dick, thanks for taking time to to be with us and uh, sharing some of of what you've done in the recent past, which I think our listeners are going to find very interesting, but so glad to have you with us. I'm glad to be with you, but I will give the glory to God for all that accomplishments and my wife, because I think my wife is more more involved in that fostering and parenting aspect than I am. Well, I'm telling you, that is phenomenal. As a former juvenile court judge, we we really needed those foster parents to do what what was done. And uh, so thank you for the love that you showered. Uh, not only on your own kids and grandkids, adopted kids, but to those foster kids. That's incredible. So it makes me ask the question, you know, what do you do in your spare time with all this other stuff that you've done over the last 56 years? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I had a staff meeting here uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Early I got up for it and that's kind of my official staff meeting. And, uh, I made the announcement that I was now moving part-time and I was, you know, looking into retirement here within a year. And sure. you know, uh, I don't think they believe me. Yeah. I can understand uh, why they wouldn't. You, you don't, you're not a guy that lets a lot of grass grow between his toes is what I, it's been my experience with you. I think I will stay busy. I hope to stay busy in God's kingdom work. I believe that God's kingdom work is also here in my business. Yes. Yes. Uh, but he also calls me into doing other things that I think, however much more time he may give me, I mm-hmm. hope I can dedicate more of that to 
his work in this world. That's so good. Well, well, Dick, you obviously have a heart for God's work, both in our region and beyond. Um, just a wonder, what, what is your heart's desire for other followers of Christ in our area? I mean, as you look to, to, to the church in West Michigan, especially, but, you know, in our state, our nation, if you could, you know, make a change in, in where the church is heading in, in uh, this area, what, what might you want to see happen? What would you want to, what change would you might want to see? I think the church in this area has to really get more in informed and on fire for what God is doing around the world and with individual people in this area. Um, mm. We tend to close our eyes, I think, and want to live in our own center point where things are not overly complicated and, you know, mm -hmm. and my biggest issue is people I don't think are reading the Bible because I don't think God brings us into a comfort zone. I think he brings us, brings us and challenges us into doing his will, converting or forming our own will into mm. his will. You know, that's good. Yes. His will. And it's our <laughs> job to be conformed to that will. And I think we tend to pull back from that altogether too much and look at what's best and what makes me feel comfortable. And, you know, beyond yeah. that, I don't <laughs> think people want to move out of their comfort zone. Yeah. He wants, he wants total moved out of that. He wants total surrender, doesn't he? That's right. And it's hard, you know, how hard, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, how hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, you know, it's, and we Americans are basically rich. I mean, compared to the rest of the world. And so we, you know, we give, you know, we st stick our toe in and yeah, we, we definitely want to be saved. And when we die, we want to go to heaven, but, but we, we're, we hold back and he wants total surrender, but you strike me as somebody that you, you really want to give God everything. And I, I mean, you really come across that way. In fact, we're going to talk about a trip you recently made to a place that probably most of us would say that would not be my top choice for a, a vacation spot. You, you went to Ukraine for yeah. two weeks. Now, why did you go to Ukraine, Dick? What led you to, to, to make that decision? Well, the short, the short answer is real quick. That's a question that one of the ladies in Ukraine asked, why would, why would you come here? Why, why yeah. are you? here short answer to that is god told me to wow uh, the longer answer of that is i really don't know did not know at that time why exactly i was there because my logic goes through and says hey if i'm there to bring some mon monetary support or some support to the people there i don't speak the language isn't it better to just give them the support sure or, presence yeah what, what can i do except be in their way because i don't communicate well and you know mm -hmm. uh, i need an extra interpreter there for this or that or whatnot but the first day there i think one of the ladies asked the question why are why did you come here and you know when i told her you know 
that I really didn't know, except that, you know, God told me to, and God will use it however he uses it, and I'm not sure how that's going to be. Uh, her response and the other people around her kind of answered that for me real quick. Uh, they expressed a very deep appreciation that we came there. I say we, it's me and another businessman from Chicago had also joined us, plus George Hushni was with us. He's from Horizons International. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and their response to it was very encouraging to me, uh, you know, kind of with tears in their eyes, you know. She says, we have people leaving here. You know, our doctors are leaving, our teachers are leaving, our other leaders, you know, some of them are leaving and whatnot. And here you are coming, you know. It, yeah. Aren't you afraid? And to literally say, no, I'm not afraid, you know, gives me doubt, you know, because when I'm sitting back here and I tell people tell me, hey, why are you going there? You know, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of stupid, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. stepping into the line. Uh, I was not afraid. I would tell them that I was not afraid, but I, you don't really know that, you know, because unless you're facing something dangerous, you know, you don't know what your reaction is. That's really true. Is. Yeah. So I always question myself on that. And I consider it fortunate. God kind of gave me a quick answer to that the first, first day there. Uh, you know, they go through all the thing on what the different sirens mean for this or that, or what kind of chemical attack or what kind of whatever is happening. So they have different sirens based on what, whether a missile is coming in or it's a chemical attack or whatever. So you're supposed yeah. to know the difference between the different types of sirens, right? Yeah. If that's what they got. They got about six or seven of those different sirens. But I'll tell you what, if you get past two with me, you've, I've already lost track of what it means. So to me, okay. it's, like, it's a siren. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was up early that first morning and all of a sudden the sirens go off, you know, uh -oh. and I'm out there with my suitcase packing and this was supposed to, you know, put a chill through me or whatnot. And all of a sudden I got a piece from God on that, that, you know, that really made me smile internally because, you know, I go through the logic. I said, the siren means that there's a missile headed this direction, but that's, you know, that could be 200 miles before it gets here, 200 sure. miles past sure. me. Yeah. It's, you know, the likelihood of it hitting me is slim to nil. Yeah. You know, that's the logical thing you go through. And then kind of God says, you know, if it lands on you, it's okay. It's my plan. You know, uh, so I had no fear over it. And it, you know, that really was an encouragement to me. Uh, and then I will say from that point on, we did not hear an air raid siren. There's Isn't that amazing? There. You know, the first place we went, the first center we went to, I know that, you know, there was no, no attacks or anything while we were there. But that night after we left, they had two missile attacks, you know. Isn't that something? God, God, God protects us, doesn't he? Our, we cannot die until our time is up. I mean, he will absolutely protect us until that, that happens. So you, were, you actually had peace in your heart through that whole time there. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, and that's that is so good. It was enjoyable. It did not feel like uh, it did not feel at all like a war zone, except for seeing the the damage around. Yeah, obviously, you know, 
strikes the chord and sure. hearing the testimony of people is very excruciatingly painful on occasion uh, and informative. Sure. I think a couple of the biggest testimonies I don't think are even repeatable on TV. On yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll, I can yeah. share it with you privately, but you know. Yep. Well, let me ask you this, Dick. What, if anything, can the church in America learn from what's going on there in Ukraine, from our, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine? What, what could they teach us that we need to know about or, or begin to, to maybe change in our own uh, lifestyle here in America? Yeah, let me go back to what it teaches, what it teaches me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as we were traveling through Ukraine, we came across uh, really the center point of Europe. There's a big post there. And, uh, you know, we st stopped, got out of the van and took some pictures by this. But it was actually the center point of Europe. Okay. And, you know, back here, you know, you've, you've been praying for and I've been praying with you for revival here in yep. West Michigan and starting it here in West Michigan. And, you know, and I firmly believe that God is going to start and is starting a revival of his church, not just here in West Michigan, but around the world, you know. And when I'm in Ukraine and I see the people that are turning to God there, and we're now in the center of Europe, the very center point of Europe, all of a sudden God gave me kind of another piece and an understanding or a feel that, you know, God is calling his people together. There are people there that are going through extreme persecution, extreme suffering. Yes. You know, death is all around them. Funerals are going on all the time. It's yet there is a peace there and there is a, a love going on there. That's, that's beyond our human understanding and the church, the church is growing there. It's growing rapidly. Wow. You know, to bring, you know, in our last day there, we had a, accidental meeting of you know as place was we were coming out of a place that was closing down so people were trying to get in we just got sidetracked to this place or that place and all of a sudden we meet up with some people they hear him talking english so turns out it's a few pastors from uh first baptist church in atlanta georgia mm. <laughs> they're there with a pastor from romania a baptist pastor from romania and we ended up spending time with them, invited them to join us for dinner and whatnot. And now I have contacts with this Romanian pastor that, you know, that continues. And the people from Georgia were friends with people who knew George Husni, who studied with George, you know. So, I mean, all of a sudden, this small world we live in, uh, that, tortoise, that kind of stuff just continues to go on. And I think the church and God is using the church to bring us together into one unified body. Mm. I think there's more of a movement going in that now than historically I've ever seen. That doesn't mean that it hasn't happened before because I've seen evidence, you know, God's, God's shown it many times over, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. So you saw the church, the church is growing in Ukraine, whereas in America, it's the last few years, it's actually been in decline. But hopefully, I mean, that gets turned around. I mean, do you have hope that the American church is going to get with it? And that we will see this revival? You kind of implied that already. But uh, what, what's your sense of that? 
Dick. Yeah, only I'm when I say that, let me let me redefine church a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think of the church as the bride of Christ, and I think the bride of Christ is as the big C church. Yep. <laughs> is in a lot of different denominations. And everybody attending those churches and sitting in the pews is not necessarily part of the bride of Christ. It's not That's true. That's true. So what we see in this country as the visible church may be shrinking. Mm -hmm. But I think the true church of Christ is growing. I love it. I think it's, I think it's getting stronger. And I think it's coming more and more together. And I think it's going to break through all these denominational considerations or whatnot and you know not that they're unimportant because they are you know i yep i certainly have my background and my doctrinal beliefs and whatnot but yeah <laughs> a long time ago in a mission setting i was teaching a bible study down at uh, guiding light mission and people would ask me what i believe about this or what i believe about that and i says you know what i believe you know, I can tell you, but whether or not it's completely true, I can also share with you that when I get to heaven, I know I'm going to slap myself topside the head and say, <laughs> whoa, did I misunderstand that? No. How did I miss that? You know? uh, so I think we all have a lot to learn. Even the most learned professor I may have ever had has a whole lot to learn about God's yeah. kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And he can rest assured, and I think we can all rest assured that we don't understand it all. But well, we I, do. We yeah. do have in common, though, the the fundamental truth that Jesus is the uh, the, the second person in the Trinity, uh, that he is is God Himself in the flesh, came down, died on the cross for our sins, and uh, the rose again physically from the dead, and He's seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father right now sent the Holy Spirit down. Uh, I mean, those basic things. Again, we can disagree on some of the specifics and, you know, do you baptize babies and, you know, the spiritual gifts and so on. And But those are extraneous to the, the fun. If, if, if you're for Jesus, Jesus is for you. He's, he died for you. You believe it. He's in your heart. We are brothers forever. And uh, regardless of our denominational differences. And Jesus prayed for that, didn't he, in John 17, that we be one. And, uh, and, and, and I, I agree with you that the, the real church, capital C, is, is growing. And, uh, and the bride of Christ is going to be a wonderful wedding feast one of these days. And uh, look forward to that. But until then, we, until we got work to do, don't we? we? Got work to do. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing it. <laughs> you know, you, you put together this uh, this thing. You've got something that, you know, in your, quote, retirement or partial retirement, is something you've been praying about that God's put on your heart. You call it Truth Forum. Well, what's, oh, that, truth, what's that all about? Truth Forum. Number one, it comes out that I think we have to speak truth into our, into our community, into our society, into our right. world. All right. And Truth Forum is kind of an acronym for totally relying upon the Holy Spirit yep. <laughs> for our radically unified mission. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's. that's well, let me, let me repeat that. He came, he came out of that. He came out with what I 
called the oneness movement. Yeah. Uh, so let, let me let me just repeat the, those things. As you you took the letters T R U T H, totally relying upon the Holy Spirit, and then F O R U M for our radically unified mission. There's a lot of meat on that on those words, isn't there? There's a lot of meat on those words, and you know some of the, some of the words, some of the meat uh, I had to kind of redefine. Uh, Okay. Started out with Holy Scripture, but I think Holy Spirit is more because I think God's revelation is certainly true in Scripture, and Scripture is everything we need for salvation, and that is the guiding point of our revelation. But I think God speaks to us beyond Scripture through the Holy Spirit and through Scripture through the Holy. Yep. Spirit. Yep. That's good. That's I good. With Holy Spirit because that's that's bigger than just the Scripture, and the Scripture is plenty big by itself. Uh, and then the unified mission, initially that started out as message, but I think it's more than our message. It has to be our life. So mission kind of fell into there. So, okay. I love it. The meat kind of reformed itself a little bit. So, so what do you, what do you hope to do with this uh, truth form? What, what's, what's your vision for this? I would like to see it being a center point for, or being a tool for, the church coming together and people coming together. I kind of envision sitting down in a corner of Hall and Madison or whatnot and meeting with people going into the grocery store there, which I've done, um, and going over, you know, I'll go back to the oneness movement. You know, there's one church, you know, that number one, there's number one, there's only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. There's one church, the bride of Christ. You know, I had thought I had to redefine those things because everybody will say, yeah, there's God, but God is the Trinity. God is love and God is truth. That's, that's also scriptural. Sure. Sure. Uh, But God is, and that, that love and that truth is expressed through the Trinity. Amen. Expressed through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, but Christ, when he was sacrificing on the cross, that was a demonstration of not only his love, it was the father's love and the spirit's love at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're hurt at the same time. They're suffering at the same time. So it's, it's centering on that and keeping that as the center point that we are unified in that, you know, and I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican. Sometimes I might have some differences on that from mm-hmm. modern day, you know, sure news coverage that I see, but I don't care, you know, whether you're black, white, male, female, it doesn't matter. You're created in God's image. Mm-hmm. And we're instructed, number one, to love God and to love all those who bear his image, all of our neighbors. Yes. You know? And that's not, that's not restricted to only those that we happen to, you know, like better than others or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty universal. Yeah, I used I skipped the word universal because that's been misused too. Yeah, yeah, you got to be a little careful with that word. But uh, yeah, we're talking about real Christ followers. Uh, So your 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 vision is that where there's more unity, and that we rely on the Holy Spirit, consistent with Scripture, to to be the church, right? To reach out and bring many more to saving faith in Christ, right? And then do what the Holy Spirit leads us to do. Yeah, I think it's I think it's our job. And I went, like I said, I had that little staff meeting and part of our Uh 
our mission statement, if I, part of our mission is put up on the counter as you walk in our building, it'll say our mission is to gratefully reflect God's love. You know, it goes on beyond that. It says by being a good steward and stuff sure. like that. And yeah. That's, that's another story. I'll tell you about that one too, is this whole stewardship thing that, you know, God laid on me for a passage for that meeting. You know, it's kind of funny how he does that. I, yeah. I will. Um, going back, you know, I was going to go to John because I wanted to get into the love passages about being one with one another and how God calls us into this and how stewardship was coming in. But God brought me to the parable of the 10 talents or the, mm-hmm. or that person that was given five talents, the person that was given two talents and stuff in Matthew. Right. And that's kind of a tough parable when you get down to the person with one talent who didn't, you know, who hit it, you know, because. Yes. What God says happened to him is not what we like to think of in our world now. That's that's kind of cruel, you know. Throw him out in the darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Uh, but that's what God brought me to. That was Tuesday morning at the staff meeting. Hmm. So he reconfirms that. And that's, you know, the message got a little bit deeper than that. But he reconfirmed that when I got home and my wife opens up the Bible for our devotions after supper. And what she go to? That exact parable. Wow. Yeah. And so, I think God does speak, not just through his word, but he'll repeat it to you sometime. Yeah, no, I found that too. So what, what, is, what did God say to you through that parable about, you know, the church or where we're at or what he wants you to do? I think he wants obedience. I think he wants us to get off our butts and start doing something. He's not taking excuses about, you know, uh, hey, I really can't do this because I'm not that well-spoken. I'm not a charismatic type person, but I think he's done listening to my excuses about how I'm not charismatic or, you know, uh, that it's time to get down and do something. Uh, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a tough question here, Dick. How, how many, uh, how many years old are you right now? Uh, 78. And you're still going strong. You go to Ukraine. You're asking God every day what to do. And you've got this truth form you want to work on. What keeps you going like you are? Like you're just, I mean, some people say, well, I'm retired. And, you know, retired means that I you drop out of and I just rest and go play golf and do that. Well, what, talk to other people that are in their 70s that want to be Christ followers. What, what is it that motivates you and what would you want to tell them? I don't know. Uh, without uh, When I come down to what motivates me, it's when I get up in the morning is I ask God, you know, more often than not. I don't, sometimes I feel at this. Sometimes I get too busy or whatnot. But yeah. I try to ask God and I pray that God will show me how you know, how he wants to use me today and how he wants me to witness to people today. Wow. You know, I used to think that, you know, one time, hey, he didn't want me working. So maybe I, you know, he called me back to seminary. So he put me in seminary when I was kind of old. And I think he put me there for two very specific purposes. Uh, Probably not agreeable to a lot of people, but it was over the baptism issue and the women in office issue at that time that was raging in our church. Um, mm-hmm. I think he gave me a message in those two, and that's why he sent me to seminary. 
uh, hopefully I was faithful to that. You know, I know I was in one, but I wasn't in the other. Um, but I think God will use all of us who are following him if we ask him to be in his will. That's good. Know? In his, you know, he has a purpose and a plan for us. And we have our own vision. I used to think that, hey, I would see, you know, God would tell me, you know, I'd pray and God would say, do this, you know, and I'd take that step. But my natural tendency was to say, not just here. I was looking four, five, six, 10 steps down the road. I'm mm -hmm. okay, God, now I see where you got me going. Yep, great, I'm going. But then I'd take a step and all of a sudden, bang, there'd be something there that stopped it. And I had to go the other direction. It took a couple of years for me to learn that, hey, sometimes when God tells you to go here, he means go here, but not to go over there future. It's to go here to bring you over here. That's you know? good. So sometimes it's just one, one step ahead. To that. Yeah. Step at a time. Step at a time. But it, it's a willingness to do anything. It's someone has suggested it's like we, we, we sign a blank check and give it to God and say, whatever you say, I'm, uh, my answer is yes. Yes. He, he wants all of us, not just, you know, tiptoe or, you know, just a little toe stick in, but he wants every part of us, yeah. body, soul, and spirit. And the it's church, a daily church, choice, isn't it, Dick? The church I go to now has, has a philosophy. They say I've heard from the pulpit a few times. Our yeah. answer here is yes before how that's really good i love it and that's kind of the philosophy that i think we have to live on because i think that is exactly where god is teaching us when christ says follow me the disciples that followed him could not have given it a whole lot of thought and saying well where am i going yeah you know, where am i following you to you know because they didn't know that they followed him day after day time after time you know and when Christ asks us to follow him, I think it's an all-in thing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I know it's an all-in thing. I hear people talk about, hey, we tie this or giving that and that. And I'm a full believer in tithing. I think tithing is an Old Testament thing that God re recommissioned in the New Testament plus a whole lot because God really said it's it's all me. So, you know, the 10% tithe is, you know, I think kind of small, actually, and I kind of come to the conclusion, you know, and I'm an accountant, so this is difficult for me, <laughs> that you really don't look at the number. If you start looking at the number and trying to meet the number, then you're trying to do it in your own mm. way, in your own gratification, and your own yeah. work. So that's almost a works righteousness. That's, mm. that's what you said earlier. It's hard for a rich man to go to heaven. Yeah, that's right. To the, why it's hard for a rich man to go to heaven is a rich man begins to think that he created a lot himself, that he did a lot himself, that mm -hmm. he's earning his way to some place. And that's exactly opposite of what Christ says, you know. That's and good. That's we didn't so do it good. ourselves. Well, you are a great example, my brother. And, and thank you for providing that courageous, wholehearted example of, of someone that wants to follow Jesus with his whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. So thank you. Anything else you want to add? Otherwise, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. 
I will close us in prayer. I can, I'll add a whole lot because I'll see you later and I'll see you Thursday. And, yeah, okay. You know, Sounds good, bro. I'll share more with you then. Good. Okay. Lord God, our Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for who you are, not only as our creator, but as our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for calling us into your church. We thank you for giving us your church to grow us, for giving us your spirit to bring us closer to you and more in accord with your will. Lord, we thank you for your your words in scripture. We thank you for the passage of John where you say, Lord, make them one. Your prayer for us is that we be one with you first, but then one with each other. Yes. Lord, you pray that our love will not only be reflected back to you, but it will be reflected to others around us. So we pray, Lord, that you will use us as your ambassadors, as your witnesses, as your personhood here in this world to introduce your love to others around us. Lord, help us be faithful to that. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Dick. God richly bless you, brother. He has. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.